name is Tin. And hi, my name is John. My name is Roseanne. And we are Desire for Holiness. We are three young Catholics ready to share with you our desire to be holy through our stories, our imperfections, and our love for Christ. In the end, you don't have to be perfect to be a masterpiece. God works through our brokenness and puts his pieces back together more beautifully than we could ever do ourselves. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the post notification bell so you can keep up to date with all our new episodes. Hope you all enjoy. God bless. Hi everyone. Whether you've listened before or this is your first time, welcome to an episode of Desire for Holiness. Today we're going to talk about a chaplain's advice on living out the Christian life in post-secondary with our good friend, the chaplain at CCO campus, Brock University, and she is big brain, smart, she is talented, she's funny, and she has one of the most beautiful hearts that I've ever gotten to see. And yeah, welcome to Kaylee. Welcome. Hello. Hey, Kaylee. Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I've been looking forward to this since like February when you first asked. <laughs> I know it's great. Thank you for joining us and for making time. Um, and so as always, we're going to start off with some quick fire questions, which are a great time because Kaylee, this is your first time hearing them. So let's see how this goes. You'll be great. <laughs> so the first one is, what's your favorite Catholic joke or pickup line? Oh, that's a good one. Um, what's the difference between Jesus and pizza? What? Ooh. Jesus can't be topped. Oh, Kaylee, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, so right. Yeah, I was actually like, I was, I haven't heard that one before. I didn't so make good. that one up. <laughs> that one's my favorite. I came That's across so it as a POTUS to a missionary and like would say it to the kids every <laughs> week, and all the teams would just groan every time I said it. And it's been my favorite ever since. It's a mic drop and a half. That's like, oh really, I love that. You said that with so much authority, too. I'm like, yo, she has a joke ready. Okay, yeah. that's just a fact like, that's ready. just like that's Chili's straight ready. fact like that's just a yeah. fact like, just, that's a fact like, yeah. i think that's probably one of the best jokes i've heard a, yeah. or like it's, it's, it's not really a joke because it's true too but like it's good. <laughs> yeah yeah i also really like um what type of car did the apostles drive uh, a honda because they're all in one accord oh, oh. no way <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, have these like rolled up your sleeve, man. Oh my god. I love this. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll I'll say one more just because yeah, this yeah. one. But, okay. but see, this one I have to be careful with because of like my authority as chaplain. I've totally had people be like not realize it was a joke and be like, oh really? <laughs> um uh who is the patron state of craft supplies? Saint Ignatius of Crayola. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I can see, but I mean, like, that's pretty corny. That's pretty corny. That's pretty like, corny. Wait. I was like, oh, really? That's so funny. <laughs> that's pretty corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I love that one. I love Saint Ignatius. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, thank you. Wow, you're really ready. <laughs> well, we'll see. You've only asked me one question so far. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's true. Okay. The next one is, what is your favorite hobby? Dancing. Oh. Ooh, tell us about. Um, what, like, what's your favorite type of dance? Um, Celtic step dancing. Um, but I've, da I did Highland dancing from when I was seven till like forever. And then I started step dancing when I was in grade six. And then when I went to university, um, I like 
taught Highland at Brock and then also took some other styles so like tap and musical theater and stuff like that just for fun so and then more recently like pre-COVID I was doing like tap um swing dancing and line dancing oh speaking of line oh. dancing <laughs> isn't there a video of you line dancing with your thesis maybe <laughs> <laughs> okay it's so, so Kaylee though I love it yeah basically I finished my master's thesis so I submitted the final copy of it in like July um this is in mm. 2019 I think um so and then defended in October and then that's when and then you do your final edits and then you submit it for printing so I submitted it for printing in October and then it was finally printed and bound at the end of December like the day I was going home for like Christmas holidays and so I went and like picked it up after hours from Brock because I know a lady who works in printing services and then didn't want to put her down like it's like I worked two and a half years on that thing and I like the whole time whenever I was like getting really like discouraged or being like this is taking forever especially the writing portion I'd be like okay but this is going to feel so good to hold so then when I finally got to hold it I was like I don't want to put her down yet and then I already had plans to go line dancing with my friends so I'll just dance you, you just with hold my thesis line dance you yeah. know man I, I love that thanks for sharing the next question is what like what's your favorite animal octopus oh (laughs) why octopus i gotta ask that um because they're really smart so i took a zoology class in my undergrad and octopus are really really cool like they can use tools and they remember things and they can um like chameleons they change color hormonally but Mm. octopus use their nervous system so they can change their color and their texture of their skin like immediately um so it's super cool if you see like videos of that you're just and yeah they can figure out puzzles and like yeah they're really cool so after ever since I took zoology I was surprised by that I was like that's a fun cool favorite animal so whoa that is a pretty cool thing and they can even fit through really small things like I was thinking about that yeah yeah oh and last one from quick fire questions is what's your favorite season in the liturgical calendar (laughs) hardest question yet yeah I'm actually going to say that I don't have a favorite season that I love the fact that we have a liturgical calendar that changes throughout the year that really helps us enter into um liturgy like it's I think it's really important it really feeds our um spiritual life in a way that a lot of people don't fully realize so, but if you actually learn more about the liturgical calendar, you can realize what you're supposed to be getting out of each of the seasons and it, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it really helps you get even more out of each liturgy. So um, that's my answer. So I don't have a favorite one because I just like the fact that we have all of them. That's smart. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's beautiful. Nice. Wow. Okay. So those are like our quick fire questions. And you did really awesome. Um, and now we'd love to open up the floor and just invite you to share your faith journey with us and whatever you want to share. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was born and raised Catholic. Um, my parents would always take us to like 5 p.m. mass and then we'd go across the street to the Rogers video and um, rent a movie and go home and have our family time every Saturday night where we'd like have a have a fire in our basement in our like fireplace and we'd watch our movie and have hot dogs and marshmallows basically and um, so it was like always a very like uh, family thing and my family really was always a family of like oh you you need a family just skate just come be a part of ours like so my mom was a like ran a daycare and all that kind of stuff so it was just like that was very much like the home environment that I grew up in where just all the daycare families were basically also a part of the family and stuff like that um but I was never really taught a lot about my faith and um I didn't really learn a lot at school um and so God was always God was and also God was always really important to me but I wasn't okay with other people knowing it so I never went and tried to learn more about my faith by getting involved like with like the peer ministry stuff in my high school or youth ministry at my at my church because it's like oh if I if I got involved then people would people would know that Jesus was important to me and we can't we can't have that um so I always used like dances as an, as an excuse and never really got involved but when I moved away to Brock, because I did my undergrad and my master's at Brock, so when I started my first year, I knew that there was mass on campus, so I wanted to make sure that I went, um, but I wasn't really interested in joining the club. So my first week going to mass on campus um, was actually at a time where my grandfather was really sick, and so I was with um, my family at the hospital with my grandfather that day and got my parents to drop me off back on campus. I had told them that it was going to be awkward for me to tell them I wanted to go back for mass so I was just like oh yeah I have homework to do and I like got them to drive me back to campus and really it was just so that I could go to mass and um, that mass was like exactly what I needed it was all about just like preparing for like a good and holy death and like my grandfather was just like he was a daily mass goer and I was he went on pilgrimages and all that kind of stuff so I always admired his faith so it was just yeah, I ended up like bawling part way through mass and I was like, nobody see me. This is my first time here. Um, but it was, it, that was um, the first time that I, like that I experienced like God providing for me in that specific way in liturgy. And then um, my grandfather actually passed away the next day. And then two days later, I was processing in to the church at his funeral and I looked up and it was the same priest who had said mass on campus. And when I saw him, I just felt the Lord's like presence and love in a way that I hadn't before. And I felt God say like, um, you're at home here and you'll be taken care of. And like here, meaning the like Catholic community of rock. And so you would think that that would be enough for me to join the club and get involved with the Catholic community of rock. No, <laughs> I went to mass, but still was like, oh, like, I can't join the club. Um, and one of my best friends that I had met my first uh, my first semester was involved in the club and she was in biophysics and I was in biochems. We had a bunch of classes, but the one thing we had different was like conflicted with the club. So she kept inviting me and I was like, oh, I can't make it. And then second semester, it didn't conflict anymore and she knew it. So she's like, oh, great, you can come. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I went and it was my first experience of like a community of faith of young people really talking about a relationship with Jesus. And that was weird for me. I remember sitting in the room, sitting in the little small group and thinking to myself, like, this is weird, but I think I like it. 
Um, and I kept going back every week. And fun fact, that study that we were doing was actually Discovery. So for those who don't know, it was the, that's one of the Catholic Christian Outreach studies. Um, and at the end of that semester, I decided to kind of make God number one in my life. And I didn't really realize the ramifications of that decision when I made it. I was just like, yeah, like I love God and I like want to do this. And yeah, sure. Um, the one thing that I was afraid of was that God was going to like make me basically tell people about Jesus. <laughs> I was like the one thing that I was like, I want to have to do that. I was like, God, I'm just going to trust you that you're never going to make me. <laughs> like, haha, it's now my full-time job. But <laughs> so yeah, so I, I chose to put Christ at the center of my life at the end of that semester. And then life has been a wonderful adventure since then. Um, definitely with lots of ups and downs. I went to um, Rio for World Youth Day that summer. And that was also a really powerful experience for me to like experience like like mass with 3 million other young people and, and Pope Francis and to be able to like have a way to start sharing my faith with people when I get back because like when I got back in September and other people would be like oh so how was your summer what did you do it's like a perfect like thing to start getting used to you know, like, I like Jesus <laughs> you know what I mean to be like oh yeah I went to I went to Rio for the, uh, uh, part of the summer and be like oh cool and you know what it means so it was like a, a natural way to like start getting used to it um and in my second year and onwards, I was also part of the like like club leadership and working with the chaplaincy and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can tell more of the story since then, but now it's like since then I did my I finished my undergrad. Um, God called me to do a master's at Brock in biotech, and so I did. And when I was doing that, I didn't know why totally. Um, but I realized that I, God wanted me to do that so that I would be equipped and ready and available to do what he was calling me to do next. And then six months into doing my master's um, was when he called me to, when I was done, take over as chaplain at Brock. So then uh, finishing up my master's and starting full-time as chaplain actually overlapped by just over a month. Um, and I've been working as chaplain for the past couple of years. Yeah. And I love my job. So, wow! Thank you for sharing all that, Kaylee. Like, there's something you said during your testimony, and I thought it really stood out. And it's when you said you'll be home here and taken care of. And I thought it was funny because you were like, "Nah," because <laughs> I think a lot of people who maybe are experiencing the faith for the first time, or maybe we grew up in it, and I don't know, we just knew about it. We hear that, and we're like, "Okay." I think it's a relatable thing to hear, right? But when we start to understand it and when the Lord helps us to understand it, it's like, oh my gosh, we'll be taken care of, you know? Yeah. I think that's just a powerful thing to carry into this Advent season because, you know, Advent starts today. For anyone listening, it's going to be after. But I mean, Advent season yeah. is a powerful thing to carry into this season. And I also liked how you mentioned like the impact of also seeing young people worshiping with you. Because that's another thing, you know, that sense of community. So thank mm -hmm. you for sharing your testimony because yeah. it's always so beautiful to hear these. So thank you, Kelly. Yeah. 
You're welcome. And and it's also awesome to, I don't know if you guys noticed, but just like the unfolding of like, you're at home here and you'll be taken care of. Like, it's now my full-time job to be there. Like I've been at Brock for over 10, for about 10 years, um, just under 10 years. And I I never would have expected to be at Brock for that long or in this capacity or, or how like the Catholic community at Brock is where I'm at home. Like now that's my job to be at home there and to like provide that home, like Catholic home on campus for all the other students. So the Lord has a sense of humor. He's like, yeah, you don't think so. <laughs> Full-time job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I love that. Thanks so much for sharing, Kaylee. So now we are going to transition into our question period. So the first thing we want to ask you is um, why do you think it can be so difficult to pursue Christian living in a post-secondary setting? Like, I don't know, just so many changes are happening. You know, I know with my experience, it was hard when I first started going to university. So like from your perspective as a chaplain, like, what are your thoughts on that? I think one of the hardest things about it is that you're actually not equipped prior to going um, to be able to um, have your, like to keep your faith when you're, when you're there. So um, like what is essential is to be like evangelized and catechized when you're growing mm-hmm. up. And that's something that our, our Catholic schools lack. So we have tons of people fr- coming from 14 years of Catholic school education, um, graduating and moving away to university for the first time. And all of their experience of faith is, is maybe just like feeling kind of at home at a, at a Catholic school. And it's just kind of nice. And, you know, we pray sometimes and, you know, I know Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even know that. <laughs> so it's, it's not really of substance. And so then when you move away into a university atmosphere where you're tra- challenged by m- many other um, ideologies or ways of living or peer pressure or busyness and stress of university life, um, you don't actually have the like bedrock to build a solid like adult Christian life on. Um, it's yeah, what you need for that, for that kind of bedrock is, um, a to evangelize is like you need to be um, proclaimed to the correct mind response. So you need to know that like God is love and that you're created for a relationship with Him. Um, that sin, original and personal sin, severs that relationship with God. And there's there isn't anything that we can do to repair the damage that is caused to our relationship with Him. Um, but that God loves us so much, He didn't want to leave us there. So um, the Son, the second person of Trinity, became incarnate, and through Jesus's passion, death, and resurrection. He restores our relationship with the Father, and that God extends that invitation to us, and it's for us to respond, because for, um, because freedom is essential for love, and so we need to be able to be free to be able to respond to that invitation of relationship, um, so that we can actually truly love God, mm-hmm. and um, that, that, is what makes the rest of our faith make sense. Um, and, and that's really the core gospel message that people need to hear and need to know and need to respond to. And then after that though, it's really important to continue what's called catechizing. So they need to then learn more details of like what that means and who God is 
And one of the things that's, that's really detrimental to catechesis and especially in Catholic schools is like posts. Um, so it's not actually like Vatican II was not actually the cause of this. It was actually like other people's opinions surrounding Vatican II and like the way that catechesis should be carried out. Um, but basically it was that the method is just as important as what you teach right? because of how you teach it also teaches about what you're teaching right mm. and so um they started using something called experience-based catechesis so an example of that type of catechesis let's say about the mass would be like oh you know how like you gather around the table with your family and you eat together and it really brings you together and there's like communion there yeah that's what like mass is like and that's what we do um and we all like come together as one family with god and like have mass Okay, so it connects it to their life, but that doesn't actually teach you anything about mass, really. There's no real substance there. And how it's taught also communicates the fact that, or it communicates the, the misconception that, um, you know, mass and, you know, their faith is actually about like them and their experience versus actually being about Christ and their relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So um, if somebody's taught like that their whole life, then it's so easy to be able to see like this. I encounter all this, this all the time with university students is like, oh, like it's about once they start learning that it's about like their relationship with Jesus. If they've been taught, though, through experience based catechesis their whole life, then it's kind of like, oh, so it's about my relationship with Jesus. And like, I don't really get much out of mass, but like love, praise and worship music. So like, I'll do that instead because it feeds my relationship with Jesus. And you're like you don't know what mass is, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it, it really doesn't actually ground them in the truth of their faith, right, um, mm -hmm. but how they, like, another way to teach about mass, though, is actually to teach um, what mass is, that there's, like, there's the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist, and how those correspond to actually, like, um, like, they, they're kind of a progression from, like, synagogue and temple worship, um, and how during during mass, like the entire Paschal mystery is represented. Um, so by doing uh, by doing by like doing the liturgy, we're actually like we're talking about represented because it actually makes present what it is representing. So being at mass is actually like you're outside of space and time because God is outside of space and time, and you're made present at Calvary. And so when people know that, then it's like, okay, so you're saying no to going and being present at Jesus's passion, death, and resurrection because you want to sleep in or like, because you like praise and worship better, right? Like it, 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 when you actually understand what's happening at the mass, it, it, it's hugely helpful to be able to stay faithful as a Catholic university because you're actually given the substance to hold on to. You're, you're given the bedrock to build life from. Um, and then you, if you're also taught all those things about, you know, especially the sacraments, then you have the graces that you need to live it out too, um, because it's, it's all grace. Yeah. yeah, I think I talked a little longer than I anticipated, but- oh, that, that was fantastic. That was, great. That was amazing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. That, really, you're like, oh, you're just gonna sleep in just to miss Jesus at Calvary. That kind of yeah, that kind of yeah. Hit. The thing people don't realize, and then when they, 
it's like yeah that's what's actually happening is he's on calvary i'm never i'm <laughs> never missing mass yeah. ever again <laughs> <laughs> good okay good i mean like, yeah. I, mean, like, 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 I, I didn't like, like, plan on it ever but i mean like yeah. no just like, so <laughs> I mean, like, like whoa <laughs> yeah yeah i really like within your answer kaylee how like summarized it's basically we're not evangel like evangelize and catechized right so when you talked about evangelism you literally presented the charisma in your answer and then afterwards like in terms of catechesis like there's a lot of things to go through but you started defending the mass i'm like yo she's literally like <laughs> providing it right now i loved it that was very thorough yeah that was that yeah. was slightly on purpose um but it was also it also illustrates how you talk about things is just as important as what you're talking about right yeah. so how i answered the question also uh, taught what i'm trying to teach I feel like I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> yeah, this is powerful. This is just the first question, dude. This is just the first question. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so we can move on to the next question about um, like, what do you find? So like, as like a chaplain, from the perspective of being a chaplain, like, what do you find like where where students like struggle the most in terms of their faith? And like, do you have any like words of advice for them? Mm-hmm. Um. I think a big, like the two main themes that I've seen so far, like this year, or okay, we'll say three main themes. Um, one is just like their own um, mental health. Two would be um, like basically sexual moral teaching, whether that's like something that they're just grappling with, like understanding what the church is teaching and like why, because it's so countercultural, or they're like personally wrestling with um like like a struggle with pornography for for example um and then uh, a third one that i've seen a, a little bit this semester in particular would also be like um lots of questions about like residential schools so mm -hmm. those are those are kind of like the three key things um but the the biggest one would probably be about like mental health and like the sexual moral teachings um and the things that I've like learned that have been the most valuable uh, when I'm accompanying these students is that um you're okay um okay your your fears and your fantasies lead to your wounds so reflecting on what your fears are and what your fantasies are will lead you to like what wounds there are in in your heart that, that you can invite jesus into because he always wants to um bring truth and healing and freedom and so that's that's an important like approach to have when you have somebody who's like struggling with their mental health or like struggling with understanding church teaching or living out church teaching with respect to sexual morality um like identifying what those wounds are helps to get to like the heart of what the problem is because like the the root of really all sin and the enter of like evil into the world was, was a lack of trust in god's goodness mm -hmm. and so when it comes to like identifying the heart of the matter it's always um basically always going to be a lack of trust in god's goodness <laughs> so but our wounds are what get us in the way of being able to have that total trust in God's goodness. So 
so you can identify what those are um, and like invite Jesus into those things. He'll bring like his presence. He is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So his presence brings, um, you know, truth and life and the way towards healing and freedom. Um, so, yeah, and two really helpful podcasts for all of those things are Restore the Glory um, and oh, what's the sister Miriam James had one again? And it's Michelle Benzinger and um, oh oh and what's her name? Kim is her last name. Um, sister. Oh my gosh, sister Miriam James. Sorry, I'm so I love her. Abiding together. Abiding together. Abiding together. <laughs> yeah. I was literally thinking about her too. Yeah, so both of those podcasts have especially the restore the glory one they have a series on the anatomy of a wound um so valuable like I had a student listen to one recently um because like I found them really powerful for my own life and my own like spiritual life when I listened to them in the summer and so I've also started like working my way through when I'm doing some like pastoral counseling with students where like I'm not a professional counselor so I Mm -hmm. but they are they are so it's like it's like a combination of them seeing professional counseling and then using like me and like some of these podcasts for more spiritual counseling um but yeah I had a student watch the first one of the anatomy of the wound series and like the student texted me halfway through and was like I I had to I had to stop I could only listen to half of it but it was like because the Holy Spirit was like doing so much in that in their heart that like they couldn't they couldn't handle more than a half hour but it was like really really powerful so um yeah yeah oh my gosh thank you for sharing that I really love I love this I also yeah I really love sister Miriam like um I actually listened to because do you know Matt Frad and his like podcast Pines of Aquinas um he he had her on there and she like was just so vulnerable about her own wounds that she went through. And like, it was just how much God has brought healing. So I like how you said that about wounds, because they even things that happened in the past, like I can think back and reflect, they also affect now. And so God just like, but God is there to bring healing. So it's so good. Um, actually, like going off the wounds um, or like, I guess for even anyone who's maybe struggling with teachings of the faith or struggling with faith in general, um, what advice would you have for someone who's going through that right now? And do you have words of hope for them in whatever struggles that they're going through? Yes. So, um, baptism. Period. (laughs) Um, So, um, no, that like the it actually goes back to our baptism. If we properly understand our baptism, that actually gives us so much hope. So, like baptism as a sacrament is when we're um, cleansed of original sin and brought into the covenant family of God. But it also imparts a a permanent character on our soul. Um, And you can kind of think of the permanent character. It's like the it comes like the word character comes from I think the Greek word for but for engraving basically so it's like engraved on your soul and that's what like marks you permanently as belonging to Christ basically as a Christian 
but that character, um, it is permanent. So even if we can lose um, sanctifying grace through sin, the character still remains. So it's like um, having like a well, like a water well in your soul of grace where we can get cut off from the water at the bottom of the well, but the well still remains. And um, so as we go throughout our life, sometimes sin can block up that well. So we're not actually benefiting from the graces that are available to us by virtue of our baptism. It's like, we're not actually pulling up water from the well. Um, but when it, um, when we remove those barriers kind of by going back to reconciliation, for example, then that's us like actually pulling up those graces again. Like they can, they can come up anew and like God actually, every time you receive like the sacrament of reconciliation, for example, we actually receive, um, a greater measure. Uh, that's not quite the right word. I'm, I'm blanking on the, the right theological term, but more, basically more sanctifying grace every time we go back, right? So um, for somebody who is struggling, but who is, is baptized, like you were given the gifts of faith, hope, and charity in your baptism. And so when you're like, when you're concerned about not having them, like not having like, or losing faith or like not having hope, it's like you were given those gifts in your baptism. So they, they might be stuck at the bottom of the well, but they are there. And so it comes to, to reflecting on, okay, what's, what's kind of preventing them from being made manifest in your life? So whether that's like a, a particular wound or whether that's a particular sin um they need to go back to reconciliation for or sometimes it's just lack of knowledge like they just don't know <laughs> that they have those gifts yeah. that they can use right um so yeah and by giving by being given the, the the gift of faith at their baptism they actually then have the ability to like learn and understand and be catechized basically so mm-hmm. um that also like gives hope that it's like actually you were given the gift of being able to do this um, in your baptism so um, I think that gives a lot of hope and also Mm -hmm. gives a lot of hope that there's nothing that you can do that like erases the character right so like no matter where somebody's ended up in their life or how much sin they've fallen into or just how far away or how broken or wounded they feel like they belong to Christ and Christ has still died for them and Mm -hmm. there's nothing that has like removed that that mark or that that well in their soul and um that's why baptism isn't repeated and that's why all they have to do to like benefit from those graces is to like return to the sacraments of reconciliation to kind of yeah get rid of the plug basically that's like stopping um those graces being made manifest in their life and then the other thing that I would say is there's everything when they're actually struggling with like church teaching um God is goodness truth and beauty itself and so everything that the church teaches is good true and beautiful and so if they're at a point where they're wrestling with a particular church teaching that they don't see as good or true or beautiful then they should keep wrestling they should keep asking questions they should, should keep reading or watching videos or talking to people about it um because 
it's probably a lack of understanding on their end because um, if they're if they're not able to see it as good true and beautiful you know because it comes from god so it is good true and beautiful and they get if they get to a point where they can see okay i can see how that is good true and beautiful and i don't want to live my life that way okay like they're they're free to do that um mm-hmm. but they're at least deciding based on what the church is truly teaching versus what the world thinks the church teaches yeah so that was i love that was powerful i love that analogy of the well and also how you keep pulling in the sacraments in your answers you're like i i know i mean it helps that i literally i've been taking a class on the sacraments the past few months Um, (laughs) might be why but why all the stuff is fresh in there but yeah and like our next question for you kind of ties into what we just previously asked you so we asked you like if someone themselves is let's say struggling with church teaching or like maybe losing faith and things like that um this kind of deviates a bit from that but how could we better respond to and better love maybe a loved one who is struggling you know Mm -hmm. like we see them struggling with this and I don't know like, do you have advice on how we could better love them and be there for them? Step one, prayer. Prayer is powerful and very, very important. And you won't be able to like be like properly disposed to be docile in your relationship with them if you're not like consistently interceding for them. So that's because uh, the other thing is like, we can't actually do anything in a lot of the cases right it's really only only god can like heal and change people's hearts um so we have to like so us interceding for them and having that be our top priority actually gives us the right disposition to recognize that it's actually god who's going to make the changes here like not me um and then you're also interceding for them and that also like god answers prayers so um it has to start in prayer and be rooted in prayer and like yeah always be kind of soaked in prayer um the other thing that i would um uh suggest i guess is is also to remember um like how freedom is important and when you're accompanying somebody that's also an essential thing to like make sure they know right? Like, like the one thing that I said in my previous answer of just, okay, if they see that the church teaching is like, how it can be good, true, and beautiful, and they don't want to live their life that way, but it's like, okay, like, I will still love you, <laughs> like, you, and you are free to make that decision, like, the church doesn't say, like, it's like, the church doesn't go around, I don't know, like, throwing people in jail, for <laughs> right? Like, it's like, it's like, you are free to do that. We're always going to say that that's not good for you, <laughs> um, that sin hurts and hurts you and hurts others. And that's wrong because things can be right or wrong, um, but technically they are free to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that like, I think I've, like having it come across to them that you both love them and that they are free and that you will love them because it, like like when those two things go together yeah. um I think that can be really powerful for people too mm-hmm. and make them more willing or not make them more willing but like just dispose them to be more willing to like um go to those places with you yeah um 
<laughs> and then, yeah, and I think developing trust and relationship is important. And then also recognizing that like, the same things when it comes to accompanying people who have a relationship with Jesus already, where, you know, there are things that might block some of those graces or wounds that might be there, habitual sins that they're dealing with. Like, that's also the case for anybody who doesn't yet have a relationship with Jesus. Like, they're also being held back by particular wounds in their life and um, kind of growing an understanding about those things. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug the podcast again because it's so helpful, but the Restore the Glory podcast um, can be really helpful even just to help you understand and be able to see, um, like, especially if it's somebody who's really close to you, like somebody in your family or a close friend, like, you know what's happened in their life. So you can better understand like what their wounds are and how they're, how that would hold them back. Um, so that you can like just love them in a more deep way and like more effectively accompany them. Um, so that when they are talking, well, if you do end up talking, like them end up opening up to you about those things, um, you can love them in those places and like be there with them and um, like walk with them towards like places of greater like healing and towards Christ's like love and mercy wow I love that yeah. these answers are so complete like this is yeah. like so much to unpack and this yeah. is fantastic <laughs> this is fantastic <laughs> we're gonna kind of switch gears here from uh like the advice part but I, we're gonna look into like now because it's the season of advent um today when we're recording but when you guys see this it'll probably be but um so like what are some ways or that you would recommend that we could better prepare ourselves um during the season of advent for christmas yeah so um advent is meant to be a time of preparation for both preparing for like we're preparing for celebrating the incarnation happened you know 2000 years ago and we're also praying or and preparing for like the second coming of christ at the end of time and so um recognizing that because not everybody knows that but you know how at the beginning i was like liturgical calendar and stuff it's super cool so the last week um it's just or maybe even more a little bit longer than the last week of the liturgical calendar so the past you know, week or two weeks of um, readings for our Sunday masses and our daily masses have actually been about um, the second coming, which prepares us for Advent, um, to enter into Advent and how it's not just like, oh, we're remembering something that happened 2000 years ago. And it's like, oh yeah, thanks God for coming as a baby. Um, it's like, actually, <laughs> we're, we're, okay. <laughs> We're preparing to celebrate the incarnation, which literally changed history and the universe. And we're also preparing for when he comes again, like that. Um, it's it's so much more more meaningful. Um, so I think, like, just so a pre preparation for Advent. Uh, if somebody wants to like take it up a notch this this year, so it's not just like oh, like Jesus is coming, like, and there are some really, really beautiful reflections on, on that, but if they're interested in kind of expanding or doing a little different than what they've done for past Advents is actually to learn more about the incarnation or about, you know, the end of time or like 
you know, spend some time reflecting on both of those things. Um, and because really those two, those two things and the Paschal mystery are like very intimately related. So um, if you think about it, like Jesus is, uh, was eternally, like co-eternal with the father as the son, the second person of the Trinity. And at the incarnation, he took on a human nature to himself. And so he always had his divine nature. He took on a second nature as, as his human nature. And so in the incarnation, he brought together humanity and divinity in this person. Yeah. And that's what our salvation is, is to bring, to bring back, is to reconcile humanity to, to divinity. Right? And like that's what he accomplished in his Paschal mystery, you know, passion, death, and resurrection, um, and ascension into heaven, like, he reconciled us with the Father, brought us back into, made it possible for us to be brought back into relationship with him, and that also points to, like, what we're ultimately made for, that is to, to be with him forever, right, so it, uh, it's just really cool, <laughs> just really cool, um, Advent is cool. So, yeah, Advent is cool. So Advent is like preparing for and reflecting on on all of those things because it was really like it's the incarnation. It's like Christmas that gives Easter its its value. Right? Like those two things yeah. are not separate from each other. Like it's not like we, like Easter um, accomplished our salvation in isolation from the rest of Christ's life. Um, because if Jesus wasn't fully human and fully divine, then him dying on the cross, he wouldn't just been ever, any other average Joe being crucified. Right? Like, like it wouldn't have actually accomplished our salvation because <laughs> his sacrifice wouldn't have had infinite value. It would have been the same as any of us dying, right? Um, so it's the incarnation um, and him being fully human and fully divine that like yeah gives the his sacrifice on the cross that the value of it so um yeah so christmas and easter go together and that's <laughs> that's awesome i so can keep talking about this for a long time but actually can i say one more thing i know okay so um another thing that's like really really beneficial uh whenever you're reading the gospels and trying to go deeper and stuff like that is to read with respect to like recapitulation revelation and redemption so everything that jesus is does is redemptive because of who he is right so we were talking about how he's um two natures human and divine and so because that is what our um salvation is is like the, the bringing together of humanity and divinity like everything he does is also uh, redemptive so it it recapitulates so it retells the story of salvation history but with like obedience and redemption instead of disobedience and right so he, he retells the story of salvation history he reveals uh, stuff about himself and, and about god and he redeems some aspect of humanity and so just like a cool little like recapitulation thing that most people don't know um so jesus uh, do you know, so Jesus's father's name is Joseph. Do you know what his grandfather's name is? Um, um, which, wait. Oh, jo oh so Joseph's dad? St. Joseph's dad. Yes. No, wait. Uh, Jacob. So think to the, to the Old Testament. Is there a Jacob who has a son named Joseph? Oh, Joseph, so, the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. And his father, Jacob, who has his 12 sons. Okay, okay, where did they end up at the end of Joseph's story? 
Um, like the Egypt. famine, yes. Egypt. Yeah, Egypt. So there's oh, a famine, no they ended the up famine, in Egypt, yeah. and Joseph was the one who cared for for, for all his the siblings brothers. and yeah. all their children and their families while they were there. But eventually, they ended up enslaved yeah. in in Egypt. But God, we can skip through so many things. There's so many things yeah. to talk about there, but. Um, he redeems them from slavery and sets them free from the, the Egyptians and brings them to uh, the promised land, to the Holy Land. And, but eventually they all kind of fall into idolatry and disobedience and stuff like that. Okay. And hence the Babylonian exile. Okay. Jesus. He was, so Jacob, Joseph, Jesus. Oh, wait. Okay. I, okay. After Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. was born, where did he go? He went to flee yeah. in Egypt. And who, who took care of him while he was there? Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, I know the parallel. So yeah, yeah. so so Jesus, Jesus is the new Israel. And so he is he embodies like all of Israel and is recapitulating the story of Israel, but with um, obedience and redemption instead of like uh, disobedience. Um and so when they leave uh, Egypt, so then they go back to the Holy Land. And when he starts his public ministry, he actually basically roughly um, goes to each of the, the regions, like each of the regions of the 12 tribes in essentially the opposite order that they fell in, finishing in Jerusalem. Yeah. So he's like doing the story in reverse. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think also within like 33 days to consecration Saint Joseph it was literally what you said but also how like Joseph like like the old Joseph like he took care of the wheat or like yeah. bread and that helped with the famine yeah. right and then Saint yeah. Joseph took care of Christ who's the living bread and I'm like yo yeah yeah you know what Bethlehem it means no, no I don't mean? remember house of bread it's so true. <laughs> and and where was Jesus laid when he was born? In a manger. In a manger. Which is for eating. Food. I mean, no. <laughs> eating. <laughs> it makes sense. Though. Kaylee, I love this, yo. Like God knew what he was doing. He really did. He's like master plan. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, of course it's God. But <laughs> yeah, he knows. John's brain yeah, is exploding, yeah. he said. It's exploding. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 in a good way, right? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like yeah, yeah it's it like whoa. in a great way, Kaylee. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I, I say love that, this. it's a positive. Yeah, in a good way, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good also, I'm going to point know. out that this is you know how at the beginning how it's like how you do it is just as important as what you teach. So how I'm doing this and what I'm teaching is an example of catechesis like really teaching things yes. where you can see the bigger picture where you teach about things accurately and I mean I'm talking I'm saying a little bit more than maybe what I would say to my discovery participants but <laughs> you're actually giving them a, a way of being able to see the whole picture where it all comes together and if you can actually see all the connections and see how all your faith comes together then it's like rather than it being like you know some pieces of straw it's actually like a fully like woven solid like thing that can handle 
what happens at university basically oh i like oh that that's I so true it, it reminds me of like what this priest like said how um through seminary he he like they kind of learned to trust mother church and like everything that's going on and like that no matter what question gets thrown at you like like the church has has it figured has it all down like it's okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was great wow <laughs> yeah this is this has been great um the last question that we have for you is basically about like the podcast so desire for holiness and just like all of us growing together um and striving to grow in a whole, uh, desire for holiness so Kaylee, do you have any tips for growing in desire for holiness question God for the desire. Mm. Yeah, so in prayer, ask God for the grace um, to desire it, and then also for the grace to do it, and then like go to the sacraments to receive those graces, basically. Yeah. That is so. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, there's, I was listening to a podcast this week. Um, maybe it was a lecture. Anyway. I was, I was listening to somebody this week and they were talking about the um, martyrdom of St. Felicity and Perpetua and how, I don't remember which one out of the two, but they were very, very early martyrs, like early Christian martyrs. Yeah. And um, both these women, yeah, were, were willing to die for their faith. And one of them was even pregnant, was willing to, to die for her faith because she wouldn't, yeah, she wouldn't renounce Christ, but they had... I don't know whether it was both of them or at least one of them, but when they were baptized, like asked God for the grace um, to be willing to like endure martyrdom and give a faithful witness. Um, and so like she didn't just like when we kind of admire the faith of the saints, sometimes we think like, oh, like God has like set aside that person and given them that particular gift. And like, yeah, they have that gift because they asked God for it. <laughs> Mm. Right? like oh, yeah. he, he's always wanting to give us those graces um and uh yeah so we just need to be open to receiving them and, and ask for them so if somebody wants to grow in their desire for holiness then they should start by asking yeah. god for the for the grace to desire it and then go to the sacraments to receive it i love that. i love sacraments and just going to God, just to just to ask him. I love that. Mm -hmm. And well, okay. So those are the questions that we have for you, Kelly. And um, before we end, I just wanted to ask if you would be able to lead us in closing prayer, just after this really amazing episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit and teach us how to pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing to us who you are as the Trinity of persons. Thank you for how you revealed that to us in the incarnation and what you accomplished uh, in, our, in terms of our redemption with the incarnation and the Paschal Mystery of Christ. 
we pray that this episode is going to be fruitful in the spiritual lives of the people who are listening to it. So we pray for each of those people now. Um, we pray that they have the grace to de- to great, have a greater desire for holiness, um, that they have the courage to reflect on what wounds in their life might be holding them back in their relationship with Jesus, um, especially their wounds that lead to a lack of trust in your goodness. So we just pray for courage for them to go to those places and um, a willingness for them to invite you into those places to bring your, your truth and healing. Yes, all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Mary Kaylee. Okay, so we got a lot to unpack from this episode, but just like we always do, we got a lot of challenges for you guys. A lot of content, and we got a lot of challenges. And now we, and we're we know doing you guys them can too. Do it. Yeah, yeah, we, we will do, do them together. too. We will do it together. So, <laughs> first thing, just like Kaylee mentioned, her, her advice, desire for holiness, go to the sacraments, go to God, like go to the sacraments, especially especially during the season of Advent. It's a perfect time to reignite your, your relationship with the sacraments and going to going back to God and returning to God. It's a perfect time to do so. Um, get involved with campus ministry. So if you are a university student um, or going to university um, and graduating in your grade 12, graduating, going to university, like definitely get involved with campus ministry. It obviously... Um, impacted Kaylee a huge amount because she's been there for like 10 years <laughs> um, yeah like for us too like, I, and I too. wouldn't have the relationship I have with Jesus if I didn't have campus yeah. ministry so yeah it's a, it's a huge thing um and dive deeper into, into your faith like keep asking questions don't stop asking questions there's a lot of resources online there's a lot of people to talk to like Kaylee mentioned a couple podcasts like Restore for Glory and Abiding Together um we'll put those in the description too um um, yeah. just so you guys can check them out later and as well even like learning the kerygma you know, I'm going to let you guys figure out what that is Kaylee did mention it in the episode so if you were paying attention you can go back and uh, look at that or you can just look at Google it yourself and I can dive deeper into that because it's super super easy it's super super helpful in terms of our faith so yeah I think that's all we got <laughs> all the challenges we got so you guys can do it and, and we will try we will struggle together but I mean we're that's what it's all about striving <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah thank you for making time with us um for us Keely and just for sharing your story and for pointing us to God with like telling us to just basically like tell ask God for whatever it is we need that help with like to go to him um and always pointing us to him by going to the sacraments asking for grace um yeah so with this um We'd like to end this episode off with a quote from St. Therese of Lisieux, which is, holiness consists simply in doing God's will and being just what God wants us to be, which is such a great thing to reflect on. Um, So yes, that is Mm -hmm. it. And thank you so much for listening to like for everyone listening. And thank you, Kaylee. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.